Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. To the new developments on coronavirus clusters right around the country in Sydney, another two infected nursing home residents in hospital amid urgent testing. While a group of rugby league players have been fined more than $300,000 over a COVID party breach, and GPs have joined the Pfizer frontline administering the vaccine and boosting the slow rollout. Matt. Health authorities across Australia are monitoring the latest cases of community spread coronavirus. New South Wales reported 35 new local cases yesterday. 24 of these cases have been in isolation. Four cases were in isolation for part of their infectious period and seven cases were infectious in the community. This outbreak has reached 312. Queensland recorded four new community cases. They are all linked to existing clusters and are the alpha strain. There are no new community cases reported in WA, but one new case has been confirmed on board a ship. The crew member is being treated in a Perth hospital. This morning, some restrictions have eased in Perth and Peel, but masks are still mandatory in indoor public venues and in offices. There were no new cases in Victoria for a fifth day in a row. South Australia, the NT and ACT also had no new community cases. Here's Koshi. Live now to our team of reporters, Tom Hartley is in Sydney. Uh, Tom, there's a chance the city's lockdown could be extended beyond Friday. Yeah, Koshi, that's certainly a question that everyone's asking today. The Premier was asked that question yesterday. Will the lockdown be extended? She couldn't give us an answer, saying it's just too soon to know. That, but the next couple of days will certainly be critical. But she also said that people doing the wrong thing certainly doesn't help our chances. Of specifically talking about, for instance, what happened here at the Meriton Suites Hotel in Waterloo, where there was an illegal COVID party on the first night of our lockdown two Saturdays ago, so far leading to three unlinked cases of COVID. It also means now that this entire hotel is a COVID exposure site and anyone who's been here since June 26th, that was that night between then and yesterday, is considered a close contact that includes guests, staff, contractors and the like. So they are being told to get tested and isolate for those full 14 days. In the meantime, we've had specialist cleaners here all night and police now are keeping a watch of uh, movements coming and going as they continue their investigation. Uh, this morning also the list of exposure sites across Greater Sydney has grown again with alerts for residents in Belfield, Edmondson Park and Marrickville. Locals should keep an eye on the, Queen, uh, the New South Wales Health website 
to make sure that they haven't been to any of those venues at those listed times and places. Now there are 35 cases announced yesterday so as I said still no indication whether lockdown will lift and still no indication whether or not schools will return next week. We did get some uh, idea, some sense that maybe some independent schools would be welcoming students back but ultimately that'll be up mm. to the government to make that call. Uh, one positive development though that for residents, some of our residents over the border and people wanting to come to New South Wales from Queensland, uh, anyone from Brisbane and Morton, those hotspots have now been lifted. They can now enter our state so long as they have a COVID declaration. All right, let's go to our Chief League reporter, Michelle Bishop. Uh, Michelle, it's turned out to be a very expensive house party for those Dragons players. Absolutely, Koshi, and there is more to come because on the back of the NRL issuing uh, over $305,000 worth of fines for the uh, 13 players involved, the Dragons themselves have indicated they'll be issuing their own sanctions. They'll be leading, meeting later on this morning and even discussing the playing future of Paul Vaughan, of course, the player at the centre of this breach. He, of course, hosted that party on Saturday night. He was issued with $50,000 worth of fines and also will sit out playing for eight weeks. Now some disturbing details this morning also emerging about Jack DeBellin who of course spent two years on the sideline fighting uh, sexual assault charges that eventually the DPP dropped. He was allegedly hiding in the home to avoid police detection. The NRL they are absolutely furious and they have drawn the line this time because one po positive COVID test could in fact jeopardise the entire competition. Koshi. Nathan Tableton, you're at Melbourne Airport because there's been a warning for all Victorians who are interstate for school holidays. Yes, Koshi, they're being urged to come home now. There are thousands of Victorians in Queensland and New South Wales for the school holidays. Authorities are warning those areas are likely to remain red zones for quite some time. The advice is to come back to Victoria and start your 14 days of home quarantine uh, so you can get back to school and work sooner. But uh, with a forecast top of 12 here today, I reckon plenty will say you can stick that advice and they'll finish their holidays. Uh, health officials here are also assessing which restrictions will be eased this Friday and there's a big push to get rid of masks in office settings. Uh, offices are down to 26% occupancy in Melbourne at the moment. That's really hurting CBD businesses and a big deterrent for those office workers is having to wear masks. Koshi? Tamara Bow in Brisbane. Health authorities there feel like they're getting on top of the latest outbreak. Yeah, Koshi, those health authorities have already managed to link all four new cases of community transmission that were announced here in Queensland yesterday, and they're quietly confident that we are on track to eliminate the virus. All four cases were the alpha strain, and all four have been linked back here to the Greek Orthodox Community Centre outbreak in South Brisbane. They were a mother and her daughter, as well as a man's a partner and a colleague. That man had driven to Yumundi. It comes as Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk gets set to pack her bags and head to Tokyo for the Olympics to hopefully secure the 2032 Games for Queensland. But not everybody is happy about that trip. An online petition has more than 20,000 signatures calling for Anastasia Palaszczuk to be denied the ability to leave Australia. Koshi, they say on her return, she'll be taking up a precious hotel quarantine spot that could be used by a stranded Aussie. OK. All right, Tamara, thank you. Well, authorities are alarmed by an illegal party held in Sydney's east that's already returned three positive COVID 
COVID cases. Contact tracers are tracking down those who attended the gathering at the Meriton Suites at Waterloo on Saturday, June 26th. And Premier Gladys Berejiklian isn't impressed. Unfortunately, when a small number of people do the wrong thing, it does result in extra cases. And I want to thank the vast majority of our citizens who've done absolutely the right thing. But unfortunately, um, having a party when you're not supposed to have a party is not doing the right thing. The Premier has warned that foolish behaviour could trigger an extension of stay-at-home orders. For more, I'm joined by epidemiologist Professor Nancy Baxter. Morning to you. This party happened over a week ago. What risk does it pose to the community? Well, it sounds like uh, there were COVID positive people there and this is spread. Uh, and uh, the problem with that is that it's sometime since it, since the party happened. So there's lots of opportunity for this to have gone further in the community. Um, the New South Wales has approached this a bit different than Victoria in terms of there being fewer restrictions and more ability for people to go out and circulate. So um, I think that that was done to try to make the lockdown a little bit uh, easier to handle. Um, but the problem with that is that involves a lot of trust in people. And you have, you know, some people that obviously didn't obey the rules and one would think that they may not have, have obeyed the rules down the line as well. So there's a lot of potential risk from this. Uh, and it may require lengthening the, um, the lockdown. It may require stricter, um, stricter rules coming in. That's what happened in Victoria's second wave where, you know, we ended up having to have a curfew. Uh, we ended up having very restricted time that we could leave the house. Yeah, see, that's the problem, Nancy, isn't it? You just can't trust anything. Well, everyone. 35 new cases yesterday, 24 were already in isolation. The big question on everyone's mind in New South Wales is will that lockdown continue on Friday? What do you think? Yeah. Well, you know, I was, it's a bit of a roller coaster, right? Like everybody, I was really hopeful when the, you had the 16, then you had the 35, and suddenly, you know, you're despondent. Um, my concern is there are still a lot of people that have not been in isolation during that entire time period. So there are still people popping up. They're connected, so they know where they got it. But, you know, that to me kind of gives me less assurance than it did in the past because Delta, you know, you can have such fleeting contact and become positive. So uh, I'm really concerned given the large number of people that still hadn't been already identified as a primary contact and were in isolation. I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope to be wrong, but I think this is likely going to prolong the, uh, the lockdown. Okay, the Therapeutic Goods Administration is assessing an application by Pfizer to vaccinate 12 to 15 year olds. We're seeing kids get this different variant. Should they be vaccinated? Well, it, it's, it's currently a debate and um, certainly uh, a number of countries have decided it is safe and have approved the vaccine for 12 to, to uh, 17 year olds. Canada and the United States both have approved the vaccine and are actively uh, vaccinating um, children in that age group. We know they can get it. We know they can get sick from it. There, there definitely have been um, adolescents and teenagers that have died of COVID-19. Also, we know that they're very mobile, very social, and so they're very likely to spread the disease as well. So there are a number of reasons why it is important to vaccinate 
vaccines. ATAGI, which is our vaccine advisory group, which has been very methodical in terms of evaluating the evidence and very, you know, safety conscious, they're uh, evaluating this question too. I'm sure they're going to be making recommendations soon, and it's very likely to include this group because really the only way we're going to be effectively able to control COVID is by including teenagers in our overall approach. Yep, and some teens can be dirty little suckers, can't they? Thank you, Nancy. Appreciate it. He's got Now, families of residents at a nursing home in Sydney's northwest are bracing for more COVID cases today. A letter from Summit Care Overnight confirmed a large portion of tests at Borkham Hills have come back negative, but it's unclear if the remaining results are pending or if there are more new cases. Uh, Five people are currently in hospital, one of them unvaccinated. 96% of residents at the facility have had both jabs, while the remainder will be immunised today. For more, I'm joined by Cathy Malocco, whose father is one of the residents to test positive of the virus. Um, Cathy, your dad's in hospital right now alongside your mum. How are they doing? Um, I checked in this morning. Um, they're both comfortable. Um, Mum's being tested again today. Dad's a bit chesty ye- um, yesterday. The doctors did t- tell us that what this means um, at his age with such underlying health conditions. But let's just hope Pfizer does its job yep. and he gets through this. Now, Cathy, Summercare's Chief Operating <laughs> Officer has confessed she doesn't know why two-thirds of the staff are not vaccinated. How do you feel about that? And and has that been communicated to you? No, and, and I think that's the issue. As, as everyone knows, I was incredibly angry to find out that people were really close to my parents showering and toileting them and hadn't been vaccinated. And I understand the vaccination rollout's been, you know, terrible. But I think we had a right to be told what were the issues. And, and the questions that I'm actually asking more broadly, given the number of people that are reaching out from aged care and have loved ones in aged care facilities, is have these people been offered the opportunity and time off from work to actually be vaccinated. But, but Cathy, I'm wondering if teams had gone into summer care to vaccinate your mum and dad and the other residents, why weren't the staff done at the same time when you had all those vaccinators in there? Seems simple. Well, that's the issue. Why is it up to us to use common sense? I mean, if you're vaccinating residents, let's vaccinate staff. Let's say those that aren't working, come on in today. Um, we're vaccinating everyone. And it should, you know, it should be just rolled out. It's, and that's why we assumed when mum and dad yep. were vaccinated, so was everybody else. It's common yep. sense. <laughs> it is one of those things that's frustrating us all, Cathy. And uh, you're at the front line. We wish you, your mum and dad really well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. The NRL has handed out over $300,000 worth of fines to 13 St George Illawarra players who breached New South Wales public health orders. Prop Paul Vaughan has been penalised $50,000, suspended for eight matches after hosting an illegal party on the weekend, while the others will miss one week. It's been revealed star forward Jack DeBellin Uh, who recently had rape charges dropped, hid under a bed to avoid police. For more, I'm joined by NRL Chief Executive Andrew Abdo. Um, Andrew, appreciate your time. Frustrating for you being the Chief Executive of the NRL. Just explain to everyone the process 
that you've done all season in briefing these players on what they can and can't do? Yeah, good morning. It, look, it's incredibly frustrating and disappointing, not the news that we wanted to get on Sunday. Uh, we've worked uh, over the last two days to get all the information uh, and to act quite decisively. Um, to answer your question, uh, we have all the players in adhering to what we call Apollo Protocols, which I said essentially a set of rules to keep us safe, to keep the community safe, to allow us to continue playing in this environment. Um, so they are required to at level four, which it is at the moment, they are required to stay at home uh, and really only go out for training and to play matches and for essential services. Now we've spent a lot of time providing information to the clubs and to the players around how these work um, and there are, to be honest, no excuses for not adhering yeah. to these rules. The players were well aware of them and they've acknowledged that. Andrew, 13 players, that's basically the whole team. It's not one or two buffets doing this. Is this a culture issue within the Dragons? Have they not been taking it seriously as a club? I think that this group of players have let themselves down, they've let the club down, uh, they've let the entire rugby league community down. Uh, I, don't, I can't make a comment on uh, the culture of the club, I, I'm not close to that, um, but uh, we have, we've made our decision, Kochi, based on the actions of these individuals. Um, it's disappointing because it was premeditated, it's disappointing because they did withhold information from us initially. Um, and it's disappointing because we have got so much at stake. You know, we've made a promise to the community that we can adhere to these protocols. And I think that these guys have done the wrong thing. Um, we've dealt with it. We've dealt for the, with it pretty severely. Uh, but hopefully this sends a really strong message to an incredible group of people. There's over 900 people in this bubble, players and officials that are doing the right thing, that are being yeah. disciplined. Um, and, uh, you know, I acknowledge them and the great sacrifices they're making. And this sends a message to anyone that you have to adhere to the rules. And if we see repeat offenders, we will, won't hesitate to remove them out of the bubble. Yep. What's your sense, Andrew? Are they sorry they did it or are they sorry that they got caught? I think they're pretty sorry that they did it, um, to be honest. Uh, I think it's quite significant. Uh, these financial penalties are going to hurt. They'll hurt anyone. Um, and, and I think the fact that they're going to miss game time means that they're, they're obviously letting their club down. I think they are sorry that they did it. Um, it's OK to make a mistake once. When you see repeat offenders, that's yeah. a completely different story. Um, and that's why Paul Vaughan has been treated differently from the other group. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if more information comes to light or we see this happening again with the same group of players, you can expect to see um, significant action. Yeah. I feel for you because you're trying to convince governments that you can be trusted and, and keep running the game safely. Um, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Now, our next guest is one of the developers of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, an Aussie living in the UK. Dr Adam Ritchie worked hard to create a jab that would protect the world from the deadly coronavirus. But while it's had a large uptake in the UK, Australians have been a lot more hesitant. Now, one of the scientists behind the vaccine is here to set the record straight. Dr Adam Ritchie from the University of Oxford joins us now. Morning to you. Um, can work be done to alter the vaccine in any way to reduce the risk of the side effects like the rare blood clots? I think so. Uh, a lot of people are working on that at the moment, but we need a little bit more of an understanding of exactly what's causing those blood clots. I think most significantly what we have is a big improvement in treating them uh, so that the risk you know, for people who receive the AstraZeneca vaccine is, is probably well less one in a million of a severe blood clot leading, leading to a fatality. Uh, there's been very few. They are very rare. But like many things, we're always working on trying to improve yeah. things and making vaccines like all other pharmaceuticals as safe and as effective as possible. Adam, how do you feel about how the AstraZeneca vaccine is being treated in Australia? Do you feel a bit insulted that that politicians have almost trashed the brand? Um, not, not personally, uh, but the thing that worries me more is, is it going to have negative health outcomes for, for people in Australia? Obviously, um, I've got that attachment to Australia, having grown up and mm. been educated there, and as the old song goes, I still call Australia home. Uh, the UK has had great success with the AstraZeneca vaccine and Pfizer uh, you know, tens of millions of doses given. And although we're having massive waves of Delta variant cases, 25,000 a day at the moment, our deaths are down under 20 per day. Now, that's not great. and might, might sound quite bad to Australians who are used to very, very few cases and very, very few deaths from COVID. But last time we were having 25,000 cases a day before most of us were vaccinated, uh, we were having hundreds, even thousands of mm. deaths per mm. day. So the vaccine rollout here which more than half of is AstraZeneca, has had a massive, massive impact and really saved a lot of lives. So I'm less concerned about being insulted. I'm more concerned about people in Australia, uh, if the Delta variant does keep spreading and getting out of hands, I'm worried about people in Australia getting sick, dying, yeah. cases of long COVID, all of which could have been prevented if there'd been more vaccine uptake. Yeah, it's interesting because America doesn't like it either, do they? The FDA in America is still reviewing whether it's even safe. Um, what's your reaction to news that people could be prevented from entering the US if they've received AstraZeneca? Uh, so the this sort of vaccine passport issue, which is what you're talking about there, is a tricky one. There are lots of vaccines out there. You know, although I've worked on the AstraZeneca one, my position is not AstraZeneca is the best or anyone's the best. My position is 
we have multiple vaccines that work well and the right vaccine is the one that's available to you at the time. Uh, all regulators and all countries have tend to rely on the vaccines that they've reviewed. So the FDA in the US haven't yet approved the AstraZeneca vaccine, but they may at some point in the future. But there's lots of other vaccines out there, for instance, mm. that are not approved in the UK or not approved in Australia. Doesn't mean they don't work, doesn't mean they're not safe, just means they've not been fully reviewed yet. Yeah. Right. Well, you're one of the guys that are uh, um, leading the battle against this virus. We thank you for all the work that you've done and for joining us today. No, no problem. I'm oh, one no. of many, many people who have been involved. Too right. Thank Thanks. you, Adam. All right, mate.